0: Hello and welcome to the Women in Film and Television Ireland podcast. My name is Fiona Kinsella. I'm a producer and WFT board member. On 20th of July, Women in Film and Television Ireland hosted a very special event, Greater Later, Building Sustainable Careers. This event was supported by Screen Ireland. This series of talks celebrated the remarkable achievements of women in our industry, Our Fixing It in Post panel discussion focused on the world of post and VFX, featuring WFT sponsor Windmill Lane's Head of Production, Deborah Doherty, and Piranha Barr Executive Producer, Nikki Gogan, hosted by WFT Project Manager, Gemma Cray.
1: Yes, can I welcome Deborah Doherty from Windmill Lane, and they are our sponsors, and we are so Woo! grateful. They're doing amazing work. They're doing so <laughs> much. Energy. They're spotlighting women in technical roles, and 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 or, and really kind of like a support system for the um, industry. So thank you so much, Deborah. And then we'll also have uh, Nikki Gogan from Ferrana Bar. Um, oh. So Nikki. I didn't give Deborah's uh, a title, so she's head of production. She's out there wheeling, dealing, getting all the uh, the big deals back. They're they're working with some of the top names, and I'm sure there's plenty of NDAs signed that they can't tell us about. Um, and Nikki Gogan is uh, she's the executive producer and head of development at Piranha Bar. So again, like they, what's wonderful about the um, about the post production world is that I'm learning through these two wonderful women is how actually they work together. Like, you're not pitted against, I'm sure there's elements of like, oh, damn, we didn't get that deal. But they're not necessarily pitted against one another. There's actually so much work is um, that they're they're pooling their resources and working on projects together, like these really, really top-level projects, which are amazing. And I think Post is doing so much work, like working on an international level, but also really, like, Doing a lot of outreach into sourcing um, jobs for women and jobs for um, women in, in visual effects and creative roles, and and I think as well, like it's it's definitely something that like other areas of the industry could probably learn from because. Um, you know, like that kind of outreach and mentorship and supports are, are seem to be really existing there. And the fact that we have two such senior people at our table, we're delighted to uh, have. So I'm just going to read a little um, intro for you both, if that's OK, if you bear with me. And actually, no, uh, before we do that, I'm just going to show you this very impressive uh, sizzle reel to show you exactly what... Um, these two really talented women are, are overseeing. So if we can do the lights, that'd be
2: brilliant. Thank and you. Just to preface that, is this is the VFX AI SISO yeah. Reel. So it's all five companies in yeah. Dublin that do visual wow. effects. Oh, this yeah. was the SISL reel they put yeah. together yeah. so this I isn't just Windmill or Pradivar's work, it's all yeah. it's, it's companies.
1: Out- yeah. hey. okay. It's brilliant. Yeah. Exactly. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are also our sponsors as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to Egg and yeah. Element as well. Yeah. So I think we're we're really yeah. looked after by the post production world. <laughs> so for anyone listening back on the podcast uh, what we just saw no, those who's and us I'm sure it'd be very interesting to see was like literal world building for the 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 most watched stories by the most influential studios some of the most incredible moments of T V like and, and also making people look better, <laughs> which I wouldn't mind for example. Um, so I just think it's 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 it it is the imagination, the the dream, the processes becoming real with, with the work. And it's it's almost it's it's awe inspiring. Um so I just like again, I'm just kind of blown away by just taking a moment to like take a deep breath and go, What an incredible amount of work that we've that we've seen, but what an amazing point we are in Ireland to be able to say that us oh, so as this tiny little nation like <laughs> are touching projects that are as iconic as that. Um, and I think in post that's where like you know, fixing it in post, that's that <laughs> that is where that comes from. So I really want to um, read um, the the bios of these two times so you get and you get like a little bit of a and then we'll dig into where this comes from so deborah has been with windmill for 18 years and worked as an audio studio manager a producer and now she's taken on this big big role um, across t- film and tv commercial and vfx she ran the successful number four audio studios in 2005 and 2019 and growing the team she has um, recent projects have Kin, Smother, My Little Pony, one of my personal favourites when I was a kid, Greta, <laughs> Black 47, Murder at the Cottage, the list goes on and like she's very passionate about finding um, diverse client base and projects to exceed expectations and that's something that Windmill also do but also what they do is they support uh, beginner level filmmakers and they have been really supportive of people when they're starting out their career which I think is something that is, that is really amazing and it's something that... Um, and that is really important to have that support so Nikki as well I, I remember the underground yeah. <laughs> cinema days um, so she has a, a highly prolific career across many roles um, and I remember your brilliant film festival Dark that Light. was Darklight yeah, that was in yeah. the factory I remember that all the years yeah. ago and it was a brilliant yeah. way to, to meet different and um, filmmakers and a real sort of like a, a, a social hub. Um, so she has worked as writer, producer, director, festival programmer. She has worked for Darklight and Still Films. And um, she, you still, through your production company, Still Films, you've funded num- numerous uh, projects and documentaries and the award-winning animated documentary, Last Hijack. He's now the ex- executive producer um, at the Dublin-based animation studio, Piranha Bar. And she is head of development there. And she has also produced uh, Maya, Maya Go and um, and they do um, fascinating characters, irresistible storytelling, and contemporary design. So Nikki as well is, is kind of overseeing so many different projects and working. We're I'm trying to lock everyone down and, and they're like I'm I'm in I'm in L.A. <laughs> I'm, I'm to Netflix on the phone. You're like oh my god, <laughs> I'm, I'm collecting my kids from Crash. It's all very lovely <laughs> So like it, it's at this level that is incredible and it's wonderful to know that it's just so close and around the corner. So I just kind of was wondering, I, I did that very brief overview, but if you could talk to me about how you guys ended up here. Like, what is it about your backgrounds that brought you to um, where you are today? So I'll start with you, Nikki. Okay, so, um, I mean, going right back, I went, I
3: studied in NCD, I did fine art. Um, I actually met Gavin Kelly, who's the creative director of Pranabard there. So our journey crisscrosses over the years. And then I went to America for a few years and kind of got interested this is like in the early 90s I was 93 I went to um, San Francisco and I was just at the burgeoning of the internet and digital technology and the digital revolution so I came back then to Ireland and set up Sync Digital Media which was a web design company and then Darklight really which you all I'm sure some of you not already some of you have, hopefully have shown films there and in this in the up from Running of Darklight, like, which ran for 14 years from 1999 to 2014, I got involved in animation and also in producing because, you know, a lot of people who would come and show their films at the festival, it was very grassrootsy see a lot of the time, but we also did show a lot of animation and commercials and VFX work in the early days of the festival.
1: And just to dig in a little bit, a little bit to that, were you the technical person on site? Because there was, there was a few things there that made me twig, like did you kind of organically get... The technology behind it, or yeah. So I kind of, for some reason, I don't know. I I'm particularly good at maths in
3: school, but anyway, <laughs> it was a
1: creative thing, and I guess it was being.
3: I think it was being in in San Francisco at the genesis of oh, the World Wide Web and digital cameras and all, and the the possibilities that the internet, I suppose, in the early days. Um, uh had for artists and for filmmakers and then in terms of distribution which was really why i was excited about it and the tools as well but the start it was like because i had been to art school and the only place you get your work shown was in like you know if you're lucky enough in a gallery or in a pop-up thing and the pop-up wasn't even around them but you know to c- create a kind of diy space whatever and then there was a couple of art house cinemas in the city you know and it was so rare like and to have this platform which is obviously completely ubiquitous now but to be at the genesis of that, I think that's what excites me about technology and the potential for technologies and the new tools. And then when I started Darklight, it was really about, um, what is the dis- new distribution models, you know, for, for film and creative output, whether it be music or film or art. And then also, um, the tools like Photoshop, you know, a premiere, a final cut, you know, and then the real basic, the new, the new animation. Um, platforms like Studio Max was the first one and then 3D Studio Max and then Maya has become the kind of ubiquitous sort of animation platform you use and now Unreal Engine has kind of moving into that space. But I kind of always had a kind of an interest in the technology aspect of creativity, not because of the technology you use, but how it could help you tell more interesting stories or different stories or stories in a different way, you know, that's sort of what that excitement I suppose was. And I suppose just to shortcut, because there's so much time to where I am now. Uh, that journey of you know curating animation and and experimental films and and in dark like right then i suppose to say my my um, interest in in VFX and animation and and still films, we often did a lot of shorts. We did a lot of frameworks and stuff with the emerging artists and stuff alongside the documentary work, and that that path it led me back to Pranabar to then work with Gavin in setting up the content department because Pranabar is known for as a post production facility and a commercials production house, and basically I set up the production for content, which is my go, is our first series, which we did with the author we worked on that as well, and uh, we have a bunch of shows in development and um, some other productions just starting and stuff like that, which are a crossover between animation and VFX. And the two talent pools are very similar, like the same artists in the studio, are CG artists will be working on the VFX as well as the animation, so sorry, that's a bit fast, but it's anyway, <laughs> a real shortcut cut to area, and, uh, and,
1: and producing and directing and writing along the way. It sounds so wonderful (laughs) as well. I love watching... TV shows with my toddler and then all of a sudden, you know, it'll be all the surnames in the show, uh, on the yeah. credits will be like, oh, Leary, yeah, yeah, Donica, yeah. Myra, and you're like, oh, God, these are these are definitely made, or yeah. even before the kind of title credits come up and you, you realise who did it. So, like, it's, it's wonderful that all that is so close to home, even if we don't always, re- even if we skip to the next episode too quickly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and Deborah, The exact same, I only got street credit home for working on the My Little Pony movie. little <laughs> 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 ones at home. So I, I think you had that moment about last summer where I was sitting at home watching something with my little he's now just turned seven and he actually stopped and went don't turn that off all of those people in the credits at the end of it were exactly as important as the people in it and made me watch all the credits and I love it now so I'm so fine. the credits have to be finished so it's um, that's, that's a job well done. it's like, it's like my work is done <laughs> but, uh, yeah I'm, I'm in windmill 18 years now which is crazy I can't believe it's but I think my career has progressed and changed so much in those 18 years you'd never have stayed doing the same job in the same company for 18 years it's evolved and changed so I started off and so was windmill very much yeah, yeah. so I, I'm from a small small enough town in the north went to college in England and did a very broad media degree and then moved down to London so I was loving life in London in, the, in your 20s and went this is brilliant and the, the networking that came with the media industry in London in your 20s was amazing I was like I'm never leaving this and loved it it was um, it was audio studios so the audio was my passion and that's what I wanted to do um, and then my mum got sick and my mum got sick and I moved back home and I was lucky to get the job in Windmill and I ran the audio studios for 14 years and that was my baby and we grew it from four staff when I started to there was 22 in audio when I went off from maternity leave in 2018 and you just, you know but you didn't bat an eyelid that it was all men you didn't think about it at the time you just got on with it and we grew it from Kind of just doing commercials and programming work to animation that we teamed up with you guys to nice international animation to film and drama, and then the last three years I've been on the management team and hugely catapulted into VFX the last the last three years especially. So it's yeah.
1: like it really is wonderful, and I love I love as well. Both of those are such different trajectories and I think it just shows as well Like, there's no one clear line to any one of these creative jobs you know every bit of experience you get in a different field will feed back in to what you're doing in some way shape or form like I even think like even as a writer if you're working in a cafe like you'll mine things like there's no I think there's so much valuable experience like in so many different fields that you bring to that understanding of a project um, because it's so multifaceted and I'm just wondering if you guys could give me a little bit of an overview uh, as someone who is not in that world of the industry. So, like, those were some incredible shows. How,
2: how did how did we land them as a country? I, th- I think the one good thing that you've had to get better at is losing that imposter syndrome. You know, gone over, especially the trips we've done to LA the last few years, you've gone over with this imposter syndrome walking into the Netflixes and the Paramounts and these huge companies going, actually, hang on a minute, we're we're at the races we're able we've got this incredible slate of work that ireland and the people in this country are doing and the talent that's there what we are finding was i think years ago the talent was sort of going oh yeah they're coming into the likes of windmill prana all these other companies and then leaving they go to london they go to vancouver now they're coming home because the work's here we're so we've got the talent we have got a good tax break obviously yeah, which is really helpful <laughs> but the, the work's coming into the country and i think from certainly from our side in windmill what I love is that there's no project too big or too small you know we just one of the guys just chatted to me on the way in here going oh we couldn't bring our work to Winmill you're too expensive sorry no it's like we've just done 11 short films that were in Galway last weekend on the smallest budgets and we're doing these huge projects that we're working together on yeah. for Netflix that our current client that yeah. on the show we're working on together is Barack and Michelle Obama's production company so the notes are coming from as high level as the <laughs> Obama's yeah. to, to the low budget short films so and I think the one great thing about our world is that there's no two days are ever the same so you're working across the range of short films, features, drama, commercials, animation, yeah. Yeah. right up to these VFX projects that your clients are the top top level of. What can we go? What well, we're able to do, and I think it's that it's that way of going. The Irish talent that's there now maybe didn't exist from as much years ago, or we didn't yeah. put ourselves out there as much. Yeah, I'm
3: not sure. I mean, in
2: terms of where Prime
3: coming from, and we're yeah. definitely we're more of an animation studio. And on the real there, like you see, like you know the the carbon monoxide guy you might recognise, or the you know little Christmas, like that's all our stuff because we are really a, a, an animation studio or have been, and, and but we always a VFX in the commercials mm-hmm. world, and it was basically from this networking with VFXII, which is a sort of it's, it's VFX Ireland, R- River uh, R- Ireland
2: Association.
3: <laughs> we just the five companies kind of came together and basically decided to sell Ireland as as having scale, right? So all the studios are relatively small, let's say, comp- in comparative to maybe the big London VFX houses or the, you know, Vancouver or, you know, West Coast and stuff like that. But collectively, we are, we're, we're really strong. There's a lot of us. And the talent, each studio has its own kind of particular niche in terms of what mm. they can do, you know? So th- that was a big part of it too. And in fact, the, work, the, sh- the job we're working on together is the first big um streamer... VFX job that we've done, actually, mm. and and Deborah and and the team at Millane basically brought in three of the companies to work in it together, so there's a real camaraderie, which is so lovely, mm. do you know what I mean? And yes. I have to say, and thank you guys for including us in that, because mm. we were really looking at this as something that we wanted to try and get into, to make some money, obviously, too, because I don't know if any of you run commercials, it's super quiet at the minute, you know, it's the perfect timing for us, you know, but it also... Meant that we could hire also new people into the studio and whatnot. There were more compositors and stuff. So it's been mm. a really brilliant opportunity for us as well. Like, so in a way, we're not new to the game of animation VFX as we've always kind of done it for commercials and stuff. But in terms of this scale of a job, mm. it's the first time so we've done it. So yeah. imposter syndrome, hello. Like, yeah. I was like, how can I exactly produce a VFX show for Netflix? I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I guess what I am yeah, able to do. It. Guess what we can. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> and just actually the animation side is is so interesting as well like would you if okay so I presume it is that they're coming to you with a project and they're like look these are the scripts this Mm. is the directors that we're working with or you know like or do they kind of come to you and say this is the commission like where where do you guys get on on it's a real mixture
3: of stuff you know so obviously well my go so obviously my go was our own IPs so Alan Foley it was his idea he worked in he was actually a composite flame artist Mm. in the studio you know, I came on board to help put the finance together, do the Section Four One and whatnot, and then stay. That was like a part-time kind of job for a few months, and then I stayed on um, to, to produce the show, and that was like our own originated content, which is like we've a bunch of shows like that at various stages of development, um, with different writers. Like, and I'm co-writing part for one of the series, and it's a mixture of animation and hybrid stuff. Then there's other there's another shape of, of a project we're chanting about now, which is basically the, it's a second season of a show, and the producers that want to use the same studio so they've come to us to basically produce the whole thing you know and the characters are already designed you know the script there'll be obviously new scripts written and whatnot, you know what I mean and then there's another show that we're we're hopefully going to start in a couple of months as well which is another project and we'll but they only have a deck so we'll design all the characters they're doing the scripts this, you know what I mean this time sorry the one we're talking to you about this other one we're doing the scripts you know so it's it's a real mixture you yeah. know and it's sort of like service work-ish, but yeah. it's not service, it's a proper, like, we're properly involved creatively, if you're not, you know, my friend from Boulder as well, you know, it's all the shapes and sizes, right, you know, and it comes in, you know what I mean, uh, yeah. and you just, luckily, we have the resources now, because I'm a producer and because of my history, I can do the tax credit, I can yeah. pull in, I can work at Writers, I
2: can, you know, do all that yeah. kind of stuff as well. I think from our side on the animation front, we've, like, we would we would generally do the, the audio For years we would have done the audio side of something that the likes of boulders and Brownbags and these companies would have brought work to us. Now it's kind of, we're doing grade on it, we're doing great deliverables, we're taking projects to another level. It's it's so lovely to kind of go, this is a script, or this is a first pass of something, and then seeing once you've got the audio put into it, once you've got your grade, you see it being brought to life in a very different way. We're working on a Disney project at the moment for Triggerfish Animation, which is an African anthology but we've just won. Um, we just won the Irish Animation Award for Best Sound for *Memento Mori*, which was a low-budget framework short. So it it can go from you know starting. So, yeah, they, can, they can go from a small scale to as large, depending on...
3: Yeah, I have to say, just like Hannah was talking about the, the post-fairies and, yeah, and the, the Foley aspect, I have to say, oh, all, my, all the bits of filmmaking, I think the sound part is my yeah. favourite, yeah. like, when you get to do that, sitting with somebody, a Foley artist
2: who's going to, like, create a world yeah. for you, it's just beautiful, yeah. isn't it? you've the guys just sitting in the studio, I'm looking at Renata, our audio manager, <laughs> you know, with, with the... but the guys have sat with pasta, and like, awful stuff. How are you making those sounds with? It's... But it's fascinating to watch it all come together. So
1: you're writing and you're directing and then you're doing administration paperwork. (laughs) So it's not like, so that kind of like feeds into my next question is like, what does a day on the job look like for
2: both of you? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're you're in L.A. selling, pitching. (laughs) And, And I think the one thing, it's probably the same for you. I don't think there's any two days that are ever the same. You know, you're, you're kind of you're, you're on such a range of projects and clients, and I love the client service side. I love looking after. Clients come into the building, and this different array of people that walk in with a project and go, "I've got the short film," and I love seeing it. And very often, kind of from a producer or a kind of background role, you're not the creative on the project. You're not the writer. You're not the director. You're not. Sometimes you don't even see it till you get so excited to go to a film festival and go. And that's the end product of something that you, you were a part of because you were organizing ADR or you were getting the VFX involved or you were you know but you maybe only ever read the script at the start, so it's it's fascinating that there's but I definitely don't think there's two days that would be the same. And we've got such a diverse team of people in Windmill, and we're trying to get more females into those creative roles. It traditionally was very male dominated sort of creative roles. Females would be the production, the accountants, you know, and that was kind of the height of it. Whereas now there's a huge change like windmills now. 60 we have about 80 staff at present and it's 60-40 whereas I think when I checked this for the podcast for you last year it was 70-30 so I'm yeah. delighted that even in the space of you know 7-8 months it's kind of it's grown in the right direction it's heading that way so it's, oh that's that's exactly what we want to yeah, hear yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so
3: for me in terms of day I mean I haven't directed for a while now that was when I first set up Still Films I directed our first film um <clears throat> uh CV and it was actually um who was saying that I, mean, I made a note of it. Yeah, um the the I already was saying, yeah, the kind of success of your first film. Like our first film got selected for the Berlin Alley and I was like, I was like, oh this is it now. It's tell you what, it's taken a long time to get back up there again. But anyway, so no I do at the beginning of my career but um, I'm only getting back to writing now. But uh, we can talk about difficulties. That's another question at the other end of the, the list of questions. But but uh yeah so I mean there's yeah, an, an amazing team as well and you know uh lizzie jones i have to name now she's man in man in the fort on our netflix project at the moment like as you know wrangling learn chocolate if you're interested by the way it's a hideous but you have to do it if you're going to do this job uh so um yes yeah, so, i mean like today i yeah, doing obviously we were chatting about quotes for this hopefully the new job that we're going to be doing together soon and um yeah like looking at I don't look at all the dailies now for the job we're working on but sometimes you might be doing that as well and um like reading scripts as they come in this is in production on the series and then um like what else will I be doing today yeah looking at an, out, an outline and a treatment from two different Writers and one creator director who were pitching a, a new show, an animated series for him, and then an outline that my co-writers sent me this morning as well for our show. So yeah, it's quite it's quite different, you know. But yeah. it could be Anthony, as I say. It could be different. like you could be casting one right. day, you know, you could be hiring one day, hiring technical artists yeah. or
2: whatever. Yeah, and I then, think when you talked about, I think when Hannah talked about that list of roles, even getting into post and VFX, the list of roles is <laughs> endless. You start going, like, I want to get into sound. There's seven different categories. What into VFX? There's twelve different. You know there's so many different so many roles yeah. yeah and I think the one thing that has changed a little bit from our side on the day-to-day role is we're getting involved earlier in a process which I think in the in the past post and visual effects was a little bit yeah. of an afterthought we look after a script right we'll get everything done on set well oh crap have we left any budget for post whereas I think the earlier in a process that post and effects are involved it can save productions money. We actually walked in and went, "Actually, do it this way, and your budget's halved because." Or sending, you know, our VFX supervisors out on set. You know, you're talking about um, the tourists, like our guys out on car chase scenes all day today. John's out doing, you know, four days of car chasing. Yeah. It. But, I mean, but way- if we didn't get involved, I think in that earlier part of a process, exactly. it could cost a production more, or it's it, like eh, that. But I think that was a thing of the past, and now we're we're part of the process where you're reading scripts, you're getting involved, you're getting our creatives involved at an earlier mm-hmm. pros, yeah. earlier stage yeah. in it.
3: So yeah, what you're saying, sorry, just to mm. say the work you're doing, the incredible set extensions, you guys are yeah. like gasping, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. the shots are coming up and suddenly it was completely transformed. Yeah. If you don't involve somebody like like, like Deborah who yeah. totally knows what's possible like before you shoot something, if you have obviously budget to do this work, you know, we're talking about some of that stuff is very high budget, but some of it isn't crazy yeah. as well, you'd be surprised. But like creatively to collaborate with your post-house before you shoot then you can see the possibility you can look at a hill and say that's just a hill and I'm like yeah. no no it'll be a forest of the castle on top of it, if you it to be honest with you know what I mean and to know the possibilities and then you can those so you have <laughs> somebody amazing
1: like to ever talk to when you're setting out you know so that, that's that's very interesting as well because I think you probably do, yeah it is seen as, as an afterthought and tell me a little bit about maybe the, the culture of um, this sort of post world like I know on, on set um, you know you would have like roles that were traditionally very male and then traditionally very female and you know now those things are sort of being looked at in a different way and you know like different ways of bringing women into the fold are are starting to be looked at like we can definitely do more work there but I'm just wondering you know like are there things that have changed over the years when it comes to um, the culture are there things that you know like people are now becoming aware of and and like inviting women in at earlier stages yeah
2: yeah like I, I think from our side like windmill you know, was traditionally quite a corporate company run by a lot of white men, and <laughs> <laughs> like older white, like there's two female working mothers in their 40s on the management board. Yeah, would have been yeah. unheard of years ago. Yeah. There's several, you know, females that all do four day weeks. We kind of support each other and have each other's back. Yeah. Whereas I think, I think years ago, it's not criticizing anything of anybody in the past, but it would have been a much more competitive thing. Whereas I think that support network now to go, Culturally, if you can bring people in and bring people up and support them to go, that's okay to do a four-day week. And if you've got parents you need to care for our kids to pick up, we make it work. It's, whereas I don't know if that would have been something that would have been an easy decision years ago where you had to be tied to your desk nine to six so your job wasn't getting done. We've got clients in the US who will do later shifts or somebody, like I drop my kids to school in the morning. Nobody expects to see me in windmill before 10. That's my, But I know I've got client calls in the evening sometimes and I've got a supportive partner and a supportive team. But I think traditionally it would have been very much Management was male, the creative roles were male. The producers were were the were the mother hens. And sat down and organised and told everybody what to do. I think that's changing. You know, yeah, very much I think so. so. I
3: hope so as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean we're the same. Similarly, like I think the culture in the studio, particularly since you know the pandemic, is that kind of more you know blended. You know, life work balance. You know, for for people who I work with who have kids and whatnot, and not just the mothers, the fathers too do school runs and whatnot. And right. particularly during the small holidays, it's tough. You know, getting parental leave and stuff like we're really, well we've been very supportive in maternity leave as well in pranabar. We've always done that. You know, so I don't. That's across the board. It wasn't at one point when I first got involved in the industry, and that for sure, you know. So we're pretty good on that on that front. I think in terms of the like artists and talent, you know, we're still seeing. Yeah, I think the VFX supervisor, I think there is, there is an acknowledgement now that women are actually really good at this, you know, and that was very blokey, you know, as was yeah. animation, you know, when we kind of started working in this industry too, and there's a lot of lads, you know, and I think that, I think young women coming up through the art schools and whatnot and, and learning about, you know, media and, and animation and VFX as well, I think are now seeing that those roles and the creative roles yeah. are something that they can do as well which is really healthy as well so yeah we're definitely seeing that when I'm like we were even saying like five years ago if we you know had a job put out there would be like 80% men you know and now you're definitely seeing more of a 50, 50 yeah. kind of applying for jobs and, and that which is really cool and I know there's really great like short courses like Skillnet and Screen Ireland yeah, are doing, doing which are work. really good like cause there's a lot of the basics you kind of know when you've done maybe animation and filmmaking yeah. in college you know but you just need that edge up just yeah. get au with the software it's this
2: particular yeah. software that you use that you might not have learned in college but those courses are brilliant yeah we, we, we did one last year yeah. as part of skills net we brought on Same. like lots of trainees went through all the courses but we hired four of them and two of them are young female graduates out of college that wouldn't traditionally go into those roles yeah. and again with even our audio department it was all men and now there's you know there's a first female kind of audio audio technical member of staff as opposed to just production so it, it is changing it's it's not fast enough and but it is definitely heading the right direction and it's and is there a bit of um, a,
1: like a like a hunger to have more people in the roles like I presume that you guys the, even even when companies that would particularly almost be in competition are like okay yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll land these counts yeah. like I presume you need more people yeah. to, to, to be able to have those skills like it's talents
2: our biggest yeah. probably yeah. talent resources probably our hardest job yeah. right now certainly yeah. from windmills recently like projects coming in like at the moment certainly on the VFX side, we've got four huge projects in. it's fantastic it's so exciting I know strikes are affecting so many other companies Companies and we're lucky right now to still have these projects going but you need more and more people to be able to service it to hit the deadlines to you know get the reputation to be able to do the next project so it's yeah. it's, it's a short there's definitely a shortage out there yeah covid has been very hard on the graduates and the new entry level where there was awesome. internships and yeah. work placements yes, and there and was runners necessary. and there was these juniors that would yeah. come yeah. in and shadow
3: yeah, yeah and even that kind of i suppose the whole, water cooler. I hate that yeah. expression but like prior to the pandemic let's say if there was young people in the studio who were interested in what we were doing but didn't maybe know the path to get to work in the um, in the roles that we do and whatnot when you kind of meet people in the studio and you're hanging out in the canteen or and chatting and making coffees and stuff or out in the pub on a Friday you know though kind of to approach the more senior management about kind of the journey, you know, and what would they like to do to get, you know, what would they need to do to kind of move into these roles and what. that was much easier. But obviously, there was those two and a half years or so where those moments weren't happening, and even let, and not even as much now because a lot of we're only in the studio two days a week officially, you know. So I think that that has had a really big effect you know and I yeah. hopefully now when people are back more and working circulating more that people will young people and young women again the imposter syndrome thing will yeah. feel comfortable enough you know and obviously we're pretty approachable yeah. you know kind of people you know and not feel intimidated to so have these conversations yeah. but if you're all on Zoom and stuff and most people have their cameras off and stuff like they're not yeah. going to go oh by the way is there any chance of yeah. having a chat about
1: my career path you know yeah. what I mean it's a uh, yeah yeah I was going to say I actually want to steer that specifically yeah. into a direction So that's why I normally I definitely listen. But what about the women who are coming back from um, work after having kids and and maybe women that kind of like got to a certain point in their career and sort of stopped progressing at the rate of their male colleagues? I'm just wondering, is there anything sort of like systemically in, in place that you guys have noticed that like maybe barriers that could be removed or, you know, like things that we could look at? Yeah, like I, I think
2: certainly from our side, it's, it is you know there were so many females that left windmill because there weren't, op, you know there weren't the options after having kids for job shares or for kind of like almost ramp, a ramp back kind of post maternity leave. I did it. I you know I came back after like I was due to come back after maternity leave. The month COVID kicked in. I just remember sitting there going, I can't go back to work. What am I doing? I've got a toddler and a new you know a small baby at home, and my husband just lost his job. So you were going, what am I supposed to do? There's no crashes open. you know I've a senior enough job I can't go in and so I took an extra few months but my husband lost his job and he went I'll take a year I'll mind the kids he's had a career change and but there's other you know we're trying to do that it's you know if there are people going kind of a four-day week maybe years ago companies would have gone no it's not good enough for the needs of the business well let's try it let's try and see if we can make it work as long as you know the clients which are a lot of you people in the room are being looked after by somebody else there's enough improved communication and team support whereas I think in the past I think even females would have had a little bit of that shoulders up. This is my project, that's my client. We're not sharing. Whereas in Windmill, we formed something about three years ago um, called the Production Hub, and we just went, it used to be very silo driven. It was four separate entities of VFX, of audio, of film and TV, of commercials. Put them all together, put them in one office. It's a team of people. If you've got it, if you know about each other's projects, there's a bit of cover. We can put our hands up and support each other, and that helps the clients, but it also helps everybody go. My mum's got a hospital appointment now, I'm gonna run, or my kidneys picked up from school, or somebody this week was like, oh, my dog, it can't be on its own all day. Fine, we'll you know, or, or I've got a you know, I've got a late you know, I've got a late appointment, can I come in? Yeah, we just make it work. So yeah, yeah. No, whereas I think that was quite life. unheard of years yeah, ago. Definitely. I think that's, again, one, one, in the industry in general as well. as Yeah,
3: just, I love that kind of job sharing idea. That's definitely not a culture in Ireland at all, but there's certain other countries that there is, I think that's really good. Um as well, to maybe try and talk about bringing that in for people, you know. But, but, but in terms of other things that people can do if they've mm-hmm. had that gap, I suppose. I mean, okay, this is just from our perspective Pranabar, we don't look, you know, we definitely look at kind of people's creative talent, you know, and if they don't know how to use, if they've stay, learned how to animate in um, 3D Studio Max, but we're a Maya studio, like, we, we will still give them an opportunity, and we do a kind of a, a six to nine month sort of paid, almost like, Internship or like starting level, you know, and uh, and to skill up because often people, especially with graduates, but we're not talking graduates now. It would be the same. Say you'd missed a couple of years of, of like. In terms of technically like what you needed to know in terms of software development and stuff like that you know that there is a there is a period of time planned about where you can kind of skill up and stuff like that that you wouldn't necessarily be working on fully on productions but you know that's something that we do as well in our mm. place not everyone does that but there are like as we've said there's there's lots of courses and stuff that are this kind of bridging courses i think if you're if you're you know visually talented and you're a good designer or a good you know animator whether you're drawing on a bit of paper or using the most you know the latest version of Maya or whatever you know it doesn't that doesn't really matter it's just the courses are there to sort of skill you up to be able to go in to do these internships and stuff like that so I think does that make sense? That yeah, there are yeah. good things here and available yeah. in Ireland at the moment to bridge people into our yeah. industry, whether it's for, for graduates who aren't quite there yet leaving or if it's someone who's coming back to work after yeah. having a break for whatever reason or changing changing yeah. tact, you know, yeah. changing
2: from what you've been doing into you know, into yeah. a different kind of role. Yeah, a, huge, a huge amount of our teams have come from different areas. And I think yeah, kind exactly. of even internally somebody's gone in and went, well, I was an editor, but I want to be a producer now. I was a grader. I want to do this. Or I'm a producer that wants to go into something more creative. Let's try it and try and make it happen and be supportive of that. And I think COVID, as much as it had all its, for all the detriments of COVID, it yeah. kind of opened up things in our industry that allowed for kind of flexible working hours. It allowed for hybrid yeah. work and that as much as it's behind it, we still want to keep that in place. But it's also broken down the barriers that allow yeah. kind of companies in the UK, companies in the US to bring work into Ireland that they mightn't have done because they were used to working remotely anyway. What difference is it bringing it across, across the Atlantic? It's So it's it's hugely benefited, I think, both. Definitely the working world and the clients and that is very exciting <laughs> um, and then
1: finally what do you see progressing into the future like how do you think that the industry needs to change can change is starting to change and um, with regards to kind of giving opportunities for women and helping women get to that next level yeah, I you know think Hannah was
3: talking about going into schools I think mm-hmm. I think it's still really important I think that young women still maybe don't see themselves in these kind of te- like they're kind of seen as technical roles I'm very much talking about VFX here okay animation as, as well but we're definitely seeing more women going through the animation um uh um courses and stuff like that. But I think it's so important that schoolwork. It's something um Dave actually who's our CEO always talks about, you know, and also people who aren't necessarily gonna go sorry to university as well. Because if you're have some kind of creative inkling, if you're okay at drawing like, you know, but you didn't want to go to art school, it could, might seem so weird for you, but you're you know, able you know, you're good at computers. Like who isn't good at computers now? Like all oh, the kids are so okay with like computer video games and stuff like that, you know. And know the way around a lot of kind of technical stuff that you know we mightn't have unless we're working in this world. You know, I think getting into schools is really important, showing
0: um,
3: young women the excitement and the kind of. Af- profitable career paths they can go on, too, you know, because, you know, there's the certain levels you can get in this way. you know, you're going to earn, you know, a good bit of money, hopefully, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. I thought, whole know your worth part, we didn't yeah. get yeah. to talk so about you that. You yeah. yeah. know your worth. know your worth is a big part Which of our message today, yeah. 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 Like, just, you know, in that way, if you are getting in. Yeah.
2: But it's college but it's also yeah. kind of those smaller productions of people saying, I've only got a short film. but yeah. well, we don't have to do all of it. You could do a grade, you could take it to the next level, or do a really nice sound mix on something, or even one shot of visual effects, what it could do to something. It's, you know, it's not suddenly going, well, I can't set foot in these kind of companies because my budget won't. It's from a small scale of short film or low budget feature to your high end. You know, the Netflix and the Paramount and these HBO projects we're working on. It's, I think the domestic market is equally as important as the m- work coming into the country. You're showcasing Ireland's work away and the work that's coming in. So it's, they kind of have to talk to each other for it to work I think and and feed into
1: that talent so know your worth is what I'm taking away so on that note let's go get some coffee
2: (laughs) thank you so much
0: you You can join Women in Film and TV today at wft.ie or you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash wftireland